0: Hello, everybody. Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. It is my joy to be with you. I've got my friend Gabe Castagno. Here in the studio again, this is part two. In a previous episode, we shared his testimony and the redemptive power of Christ. And we shared what God can do as somebody trapped in darkness, the the power of the Lord, how God can take our weaknesses and make them into strengths. And so you'll definitely want to tap into that, especially if you know someone who is distraught, discouraged, broken right now that is having a hard time believing God in areas of their life you definitely, or even somebody who is family members who are lost and that they're believing for and, and praying for. You definitely want to tune into the first episode. Just go back um, to the previous episode here to part one so you could tune into that. But today we want to dive into a subject. Gabe, welcome back, bro.
1: Thank you. Good well, to be with you.
0: Yeah. In studio, seeing your beautiful face. I love having people in the studio.
1: Yeah. I love to see what God's doing here, man. It's It's beautiful, man. I'm really, really i love it i love it it's a nice studio too
0: awesome well we kept talking and talking and talking like we're like oh man we should start recording if we're gonna keep talking about the deep things of god right we gotta get yeah. into this bro yep. and so we want to talk about a vital subject in the previous episode we, we shared your testimony um but i also i want to dive right in for those who are new to the show you could tune in every monday and thursday on charismapodcastnetwork.com but i want to honor um the time here and i want to dive right in and so Um, you know, you mentioned a scripture to me in Matthew five, nine, which is very interesting because, um, I'm, I'm in a series right now on the Sermon on the Mount. You talk about being a peacemaker and kind of how the world has affected the church in a lot of ways and how we need to stand as believers, man. Let's just, let's just open this up and lay a little bit of a foundation here, Gabe. What's on your heart today?
1: Sure. So, so this, the scripture on, you know, blessed are the, are the peacemakers for they shall be called the children of God. There's a. You know there's a connection that um that Paul speaks of in Romans eight, where he says that the whole creation is groaning, mm-hmm. and yeah. it is waiting for the manifestation of the children of God like there there is there there is something about the children of God taking their place that actually affects creation and kind of the way that the way that things are and i I see a a deep connection with this peacemaker Mm -hmm. blessing uh now more than ever and i also see it amplified in the life of christ in in ways that i never expected and also could not have gained apart from suffering Mm -hmm. could not have gained the understanding apart from difficulty and adversity and pain, and um, which has also revolutionized John 3.16 for me. So the thing that has been on my heart, and I believe that many that listen will identify with this, especially if you just, I mean, the, the big mass example is, did you pay attention during the presidential election? Yeah. I mean, because that is a prime, that's, that's exhibit A. To show you how, how hostile things have become, how tribal, and, and how two sides, which in that sense is obviously political, but how common that type of behavior or that way of being or that thinking is common to human existence mm-hmm. at all. So if somebody does something to you, you now draw the line and now you're hostile towards them because they were hostile towards you. And so here you have, you know, one group, one political group that's demonizing the other political group and 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 and, and shouting their allegiances to whoever mm-hmm. they're aligned with and then the other one is doing the exact same thing. And what was crazy is that even the body of Christ was really swept up into it. At least voices that have a national influence were swept up into it. I mean, you would see YouTube videos and different all these different things where people are basically proclaiming Trump as God's man and if you're not doing that you're not a Christian, That's you know, true. and just and they're drawing lines and they're hostile and they're feeding in to uh divisive narratives. It, in the name of the Lord. I know. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is that, you know, it's easy to take scripture and maybe take some claims from it, some verses, develop your little theologies, or your yeah. little justifications for why you do what you do. Mm-hmm. But you also have to look. The wonderful thing about scripture is that it, it, you, you get a sense of reality. You know, so when Paul tells a theological point to one of the churches he's writing to, the rest of the letter kind of unfolds the reality of the church that he's dealing with or the fact that he had to bring up that theological point in the first place, let you know that something was out of order there. That's true. So life isn't perfect. Otherwise we wouldn't have the new Testament. So then you sit there and you go, okay, so Jesus is saying blessed are the peacemakers, but what, how did he model? How did he, what was the rest of his life? Like and what you have him engaged with national issues you you have him engaged against different parties like when you see the sadducees you're talking about the elite of 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 um of judaism primarily located in jerusalem because they had control of the temple It's why you don't hear that much about them in the gospels because you would really only encounter them if you're in jerusalem mm-hmm. the pharisees were the were the cultural group they actually had no political influence but they had significant cultural influence and so these are the ones that were kind of the champions of Jewish purity and and wanting to preserve the culture and and keep it from the ways of the world. And so they actually had a very noble purpose behind a lot of what they are doing, though they get demonized a lot because of the way that they're encountered in scripture. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But um but the point is is that or or you hear terms of zealots like uh Simon the Zealot was one of the 12 disciples and so when you get into the zealots that's that's a political group that's based on like revolution like they want yeah. they want revolution so you if you when you understand these things or you understand Matthew was a tax collector which was like you're the worst thing you could be you're the enemy of Judaism you're you're a, you're a race betrayer mm-hmm. you've betrayed the race you know Jesus is gathering all these people into one room, into one group, and they're still called the thing that they are. Yeah. (laughs) Joseph, the Nicodemus, they're still referred to as Pharisees. It's not like, Hey, give up that Pharisee thing. Mm -hmm. No Pharisees followed him. Sadducees followed him. Zealots followed him. Zealots challenged him. Pharisees challenged him.
0: Tax collectors. Sadducees challenged him. him. Prostitutes. Yep.
1: So it, it was... So not only would you automatically say that some of these people groups would be hostile towards God, but they're hostile towards each other. And Jesus gathers them together and not telling them to renounce what that allegiance was, but actually presenting to them and modeling out a new allegiance in the kingdom of God and how it brings about unity. And what he models is that as he proclaims these things and challenges people in their error and and, and calls people on their hypocrisy, it's never to just you, you, you filthy little rat. I want to shame you Pharisees. I want to make you look humiliated in front of everybody. Like the, that wasn't the purpose. Like when Jesus made a truth claim. It was because he cared enough about people to tell the truth Mm -hmm. and his hope was that they would be become converts of the truth, not just, Hey, believe everything that I say, become indoctrinated is like, he really wanted them to embrace. And the only way that you can do that is by presenting things to people in a way in which they can willfully engage and actually respond. There's, there's a freedom to humanity that is involved with that because that's the only way to really bring about legitimate change. So the way that he models that out is while he's claiming these high standards, I am, I am sent from God. Believe on him whom you have sent. I am the son of man. You know, like he's, he's, he's making some pretty radical claims, but he's not telling anybody to do anything crazy. And he's always welcoming and inviting, even when he's opposing their hypocrisy. Mm. And, it's, and it's to bring it in front. But he never, he never rallies the troops. To revolt he never tries to shame or belittle or condemn people he just allows truth to speak for itself and they don't even have to yield it's not like i'm god i said something mm-hmm. you know it's you better you better change because i said so he didn't say that
0: he said to the disciples do you want to leave too like, right go, like he gave them the option he was like you guys could leave too and everyone left him after he talked about drinking my yes. drinking my blood and yeah. eating my flesh
1: yeah I mean, and it's, and what you see is that that model is going all what he models all the way to the end. This is really the way of the cross. This is the way in which, um, peacemaking where it's not peacemaking is not where you just say everything is okay. Like you can do whatever you want to do. You can do, I can do whatever I want to do. And that's how we live at peace. Real peace is obtained when people have disagreements and they do not Mm -hmm. think the same thing, and they have different passionate driving ideologies, and yet you still esteem someone's worth even more so than the truth claims that you're making. And I'm not saying that in the sense that truth should be sacrificed here. This is where… You can only see what Jesus is modeling by looking at reality, like his actual life. The way in which someone can be transformed by truth is by enduring. It is by walking things out, which is why Jesus says, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. And you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. There's There's a process there, but you can't continue in someone's word until you trust them. Mm -hmm. You can't continue in somebody's word until you know their word you can't you wouldn't care about their word until it becomes significant that does not happen in a moment in time you even so so let's just concede the Christian because we're both Christians here so we believe in Jesus and we believe in his deity we also believe in but he is fully man fully God God let's just look at the deity aspect of it. When God came to do the prime thing that would bring about redemption in the world, to bring about unity, to take the division and make it one in him, this is the path he had to walk. A path that was rejected, a path that was misunderstood, a path that, that included betrayal, a path that included accusation, a, class, a, cla- a path that included disrespect. Yeah. Mm-hmm he had to endure all of it and he, he remained as the standard and what comes along with bearing with people and, and, and taking a forgiving posture with the world around you is, is pain like it comes with it because, because the, the damage is huge. Mm-hmm. The division is huge. Yeah. The, the, the conflict is deep and historical, Mm -hmm. you know? So like a lot of the pain that's being brought on the national stage today, it it, it has historical roots going back hundreds of years. Like Mm -hmm. specifically, if you want to deal with like the black lives matter movement and, and, and kind of the, the sin of slavery that, that, Mm -hmm. that was a, that has been a plague in American history. It's the pain that is being brought up and what in, but Jesus if if you just concede the point that this is God loving the world, like He, when He came, He did not come and bring just the word of judgment, just the condemnation that He could have brought. In fact, like one of the things about John three sixteen, um, that I like is I, I like to read. Uh, to quote 17 along with,
0: Oh yeah. With 16, because
1: you know, 16 is so popular, but the verse that follows, like that's not the end of that statement. Mm -hmm. He said for the son was not sent into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And what's crazy is that that process involved him being killed by the very world he was trying
0: (laughs) to redeem, which would
1: seem to be mission failure, which is why the resurrection is so significant because it shows that if you trust god in enduring and being contrary to the world to the way that world the world does things especially with its hostility and its division and its power seeking and its dominion that's where the promise of life is yeah. like if you will take that path with god it is you are guaranteed that there is no failure in that yet the way in which that is portrayed today is as though it is a weak position and you've got to be defensive and you've got sure. to take the defensive posture. And the, even the American church seems to be seeking political dominance and things like uh, things along those lines in order to secure their position. But as long as you're seeking a power, pl- if you're seeking a power play that is for you to have influence over the culture in some legislative or political you know, type of way, you're actually conceding the power that comes from God Because the only way that these things can be overcome is by the transformation of the human heart. And the only way that the human heart is transformed is by the power and word of God. And that really takes place in a whole spectrum of people's lives that have all different types of backgrounds. And it's not just going to be a quick fix. So there's always going to be reason for conflict. There's always going to be reason for offense. Those things are going to happen. There's no escaping it. There's going to be unanswerable questions. There's going to be extreme suffering. There's going to be trauma. There's going to be the witness of all these things. But enduring with it and in, in, in not letting that shape you and not letting that and not I'm, not, I'm saying we're not shaped by these things, but there is a traumatic way in which we can be shaped. Oh, yeah. Which mm-hmm. is the which is the marvel to me of Jesus, that he could endure what he endured and never fracture. He never became a fractured human being he didn't have to go and 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 sit through sessions of counseling about you know with identity crisis and and just and and how do I heal the ancient wound and they don 't accept me and i i don 't know I came mm-hmm. to them and i 'm not belittling that because i 've been through counseling, but i 'm saying what we see in Jesus is a model of the way to to not just know the truth but to trust him in the chaotic outworking of what it means to live in this world with the hopeful expectation and faith that as as the, as the children of God endure with this they are going to make peace. Yeah. And real peace where where the where the deep divides and the deep traumas and the deep hatreds and and and, and the power grabbing and all that is happening that there somebody has to be different and there's no way to escape that the way of change is to be the change
0: yeah you have to be the change you have to be different i love how you um talk about being a peacemaker and um um i'm sorry so so you talk about being a peacemaker and that was the path to life you were talking about um unity being the pathway to life just a few minutes ago and um I heard a message one time and it really opened my eyes and he kind of referred to like the church fathers, the early church fathers and their interpretation of when Jesus spoke about the narrow road and how many will choose the wide path, which leads to destruction and how others will choose, you know, few will choose the narrow path, which leads to life. And I always thought like, man, does this mean that, you know, very few people are going to make it to heaven? and um, you know, everyone else is going to go to hell. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But isn't God's heart that none perish and all come to eternal life? Mm-hmm. And they put a different, this pastor put a different spin on it that I liked. And I'm not saying this is exactly what the interpretation is, but this is where I lean. He was just saying that, you know, the path to life is the Beatitudes, is the Sermon on the Mount, is living as a peacemaker, living gentle and living meek and, you know, blessing those who persecute you and <laughs> loving those who are unlovable and blessing your enemy. Like when those when people choose that path, which is the narrow way that not many people choose to go down that path, that is a path that leads to life. And it was just like, wow, but like truly like, and the reason why we're talking about this is because we see the world looking a lot you know, we see the church. Excuse me, looking a lot like the world. Like honestly, I was all over social media. I was, I would, I would skim through, and yes. I would see believers yes. just like you said, criticizing, or saying disgusting things yeah. towards other believers, and tearing down other believers. And mm-hmm. you know, it says in in the book of Proverbs, in in chapter six, verse six through nineteen, the seven things that God hates. It says six things God hates, and seven things that are a ab- uh, that are an abomination to Him. And one of them is someone who spreads strife among brothers and then you go to Psalm 133 and it says how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity that that is the place that the Lord commands the blessing life forevermore where there is unity and like you said unity does not mean we agree on everything doesn't mean we're walking the same walk Uh, we could literally have difference of opinions and still walk together in unity which is the bond of love and that's where God commands the blessing and God hates strife he hates division when brothers are set up against brothers but there's political points that are affecting the church and we're reacting just like an unbeliever would react yeah. someone without the lord yes which is a horrible testimony to the to those out there that need the lord jesus like what do these people have they're different than us they're acting just like us right and that's and that's that's a
1: i think that is the urgency of the moment because what we see is that Not only do I would I say that I see the church reflecting the world. I would actually take it a step further and say that what is taking place in the world was previously given place in the church, mm-hmm. and this goes, um, you know, this goes back to kind of the authority of of the community of believers and and what. So th- this is the interesting thing that's um, that's often a, a miss. Uh, <laughs> It's a misuse of the scripture When you know The scripture that says We're two or three gathered together In my name there yeah. I am in the midst mm-hmm. And so yeah. most of the time When you hear that At least in my experience Let me say In my experience Most of the time When I hear that spoken In church context Is usually in the context of prayer And it actually the, the context is not prayer The context is Reconciliation With an offended brother Or an offending You know Wow And so yeah. And so when he talks about What you loose in heaven will be loosed on earth. And what you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. When he uses the binding and loosing, he's literally talking about what you do in relationship with other people. That is the context of that. So when we loose something here, it's being loosed Mm -hmm. That, that what we do is being loosed. It's not that the church is just sitting back and, and and just being bludgeoned by the culture, so you know, like one of the and 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 this, you know, I don't want anyone to get get weird when I say this, but obviously, like a hotbed issue right now is kind of the homosexual agenda, transgender movement, LGBTQ mm-hmm. stuff. But you remember, we did outreaches to Oakland.
0: We did, and yeah. and I was people when, don't know what Oakland is. It's it's the it's the bar district where there's a lot of you know. Um, gay bars and yes. everything like that, where you, you'll you'll bump into a lot of people who are transgender.
1: Yes, and there's and there's a and the largest homosexual church in the country is on that street.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, so we went there kind of thinking, you know, like let's 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 win the gay community uh, to Christ. But re- it really became to me was a learning experience that pretty much, I, I and I'm not exaggerating. I may even be conservative when I say at least eighty five percent of the people had a background in the church. And they had and they talked about how they were handled, how they were abused, how they were rejected by fathers, you know and and so people get so set on what they believe about something that they that they are merciless to people that are in that thing that they believe about, so I believe homosexuality is a sin, so if you're a homosexual, then I treat you as an infection and not dignifying you as being primarily made in God's image and of invaluable worth to the point that Christ would shed his blood for you and that, and not to look with optimism as though, Hey, we actually believe in a redeemer. So why are we mad when people are unredeemed? You know, it's the same thing as like a doctor who knows how to heal cancer or perform surgery to get, to remove cancer from the body just goes around and identifies people that have cancer, but just leave them with it and just go, look at you, you've got cancer. Like that's insane. So that's like a weird disposition that you see. That hostility happens. So what you see is an equal reaction with on a, on a political scale because of what what the the politically empowered Christian American church has reacted to some of these communities that are now rising up and trying to claim power in the same. Mm-hmm. They're respond or they're responding in the same kind, but 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 many. Churches are justifying their position because they can point to a scripture that says that God don't like that. Yeah, but that's that's not what that means. What did God do? So let's let's even just say the, you know that okay God says in Leviticus you know in, there's debates mm-hmm. over how that oh, all yeah. works that God says this about homosexuality, but what did Jesus do? He came. He pursued, he endured with, he, he
0: comes they after people. They the playing field. They put us all on the same level Yes, at the cross. We've There all is all no short.
1: difference. Like what is the, and that's why I love what Paul says when he talks in, you know, a lot of people go to 1 Corinthians 6, 9 to talk about, see, homosexuality is a sin. It's like, did you look at everything else? Mm-hmm. Everything else in that list? Because the thing, other things in that list are far more pervasive issues within humanity than homosexuality is. He's Mm -hmm. talking about drunkenness and anger and hostility and strifes and, and just all these different character type things. And, you know, but people fixate on when they want to fixate and then they attack that thing,
0: Mm -hmm. you
1: know, and that's not what Jesus did. That's not a redemptive position. That's not a forgiving position. And the whole Jesus never relinquished his forgiving position. He always moved forgivingly. Because the whole thing is this, if once you draw the legal line and you pronounce the judgment, there's nothing else to do. Mm. They're condemned. You have to pursue forgivingly. It It is the thing. But in doing that, you're going to engage people in things that they don't even think they need to be forgiven for. And therefore, they're going to react in hostility. But if you then go, well, I was just trying to win you to the Lord, but I'm going to be hostile to you because you're hostile to me. What are you doing now? You're both in the same spirit. Just one thinks that they're right. And so does the other. So what's the difference? Just the the doctrine that motivates you because that ain't enough because that ain't power.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you, so the whole thing is you have to be different. If you really do believe this and you really do believe something about somebody, you should have an enduring aspect with a redemptive approach a forgiving nature. And then on top of that, people far too fixate on what they call people sin to the point in which they miss the individual. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say when I, if I meet someone who is a homo who's a homosexual, my first thought is not you're a homosexual. My first thought is what's your name? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause that's who you are. Oh, yeah. your name's Michael. Oh, your name's Gabriel. Oh, your name's Sarah. Oh, your name's Julie. Hey, Julie. How do you who are you you are more than sexuality, but we get so fixated in these Box that lock us up and make us hostile towards each other and we do not make peace.
0: Yeah, dude I love that you're talking about how we could be so fixated and obsessed with what we believe That we that we just negate the individual that you know We become hostile towards individuals that don't believe the same thing or aren't living what we believe and you know, it's it's just amazing, bro, because the Word of God says, Jesus said that the world will know that you are my disciples— By the love you have for one another. Right. And you could have that scripture memorized, but how are we living it? Right. And you could beat somebody over the head for not believing that same scripture, but is that truly love? Or is that hatred? Yes. Or is that pride? Or is that arrogance? Like what what is that? Because you're not manifesting Christ. And dude, I wish we had so much more time to go into this. We (laughs) could talk for two hours on this, bro, but what would you say to the church right now? Because we're talking about being a peacemaker. How could we um what is your what is something you could say to somebody who is, man, well, you know, this is sin and this is that like tackling, like I want, I, I would just love for you to encourage those who are listening right now Yes, and to kind of sum it up to be like, this would be my message to the church. This is be what what, what I want to say right now. This is where I feel like God is leading us as a church. Yes. Let's embrace this together yes. and we're not going to be perfect. We might stumble our way through it, but, but let us embrace this because this yes. is life.
1: Just to give a scripture as a takeaway. This is, this is what I would say. John 3, 16 and 17. Mm-hmm. For God so loved the world that he gave his son that whomsoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. But the son was not, did not come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And I want to just emphasize this one point and leave it with, with the listener. Do you realize that God knew the world that he was giving his son to? Mm. When he said, think about this. Meditate on this scripture. God so loved a world that he knew was going to kill his son, would spit on him, would pluck his beard, would humiliate him, would not listen to him, would oppose him, would challenge him, would criticize him, would reject him, would would seek their own, be selfish. Would murder him. And Ooh. God, look, he wasn't ignorant. He didn't look on some sanctified community off to the side that was just worship, doing 24-hour mm-hmm. worship sets. Mm-hmm. He was looking at the grisly ugly, depraved, wicked, corrupted world. And he said, I love them. And if I don't come and be contrary to what they are, pursue them and do what none of them can do, I can't have them. Mm -hmm. And so he was even willing to be crucified. And I want to leave with one last thought. I hope you don't mind I take this this one minute. Look at Jesus on the cross. And I want you everyone that's listening to understand what crucifixion was. It was horrific. When you read it in scripture, you don't understand the agony, agony that Jesus is going through. First of all, if you've ever seen an image of Jesus on the cross, it has him with a loincloth. There was no loincloth. He was naked. It was about humiliation. Humiliation. It was about torture. It was about agony. And when you crucified somebody and you expanded their arms and then you put the put the nails through the nerve centers of their feet or in their ankles, what you're doing is creating unbelievably agonizing pain to the point in which you have you can't support your own body, so you drop. But when you drop, it creates constriction on your chest and you begin to suffocate. And then you begin to suffocate. The survival instincts of your body begin to react, and you and you go in into a place of panic to be able to survive, which gives you enough strength in the moment to push up through the pain, to be able to take in a breath so that you don't suffocate. And then you drop back down, begin suffocating again, push back up. And think of how agonizing that process is and it and what Jesus did while looking at his torturer looking him in the face and 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 listen crosses were not high up they the these soldiers were not going to lift your body this was you could see them they were they their feet were probably 6 inches off the ground you're looking at them, and he's relishing in them these this torture relishing in his pain enjoying his agony taunting him For what were the claims were about him and Jesus pushes through the agonizing nerve pain to push up to gain one breath enough breath to be able to look that man in the eye and call out to his father in heaven and say father forgive him. He doesn't know what he's doing. That is the peacemaker position. It comes with agony. It comes with cost, but it's the only way to change. The way, because what is corruptive and the cycles of humanity that are, that are feasting and motivating and fueling all this stuff gets broken when you take that kind of a position, even to your own hurt. And that's what he modeled. And that is, he, that guy didn't want him. That guy didn't want his forgiveness. He didn't even believe he had the power to forgive him. But Jesus did it anyways, because he saw the person beyond the ugly, beyond the brutality, and he said, I need that one for God. Forgive him. Don't let him be judged in this because if I can have enough time with them, I can redeem them. And if we're to be the body of Christ, we have to take the same position and we can't look at people and just identify them according to what we call ugly. We have to see them as God's cherished Possession as the object of Christ's affection and sacrifice, and the very power of God is behind bringing them into a restored Mm. union with Him and the fullness of their humanity.
0: Mm. Thank you, Jesus. He is our suffering Savior. Yes. He is the servant of all servants. Yes. Man, you know, the Apostle Paul talked about speaking truth in love, and I really feel like we've missed out on that loved aspect yes everyone's just obsessed with speaking the truth but they're not seeing individuals through the eyes of love with the heart of love yes and we're not bearing with one another we're not bearing with our weaker brother we're not bearing with you know we are putting the world up to the same standard as the word of god we are expecting unbelievers to live according to the word of god when many of us aren't living <laughs> according to the word of god right. and that is not the way to bring change yeah. yelling accusing judging and that is not the way to win somebody's heart it's the kindness of god that leads people to repentance yes and so man thank you so much for for joining me today bro that is powerful i feel the anointing of the holy spirit um this is a word that needs to be declared today um uh, pulpits all across america and all yes. across the world we need to unite cuz that's where god commands the blessing and we need to take the pathway of christ our savior yes and we need to arm ourselves with the same heart and the Mm -hmm. same mind and our christ our savior he suffered and we need to arm ourselves to suffer in like manner and it's the narrow road it's the narrow road that jesus spoke about which leads to life and life abundantly and so Amen, bro. I love you, man. Love you too. Thank you so much for pouring out your heart today, bro.
1: Yeah, I'm grateful. Thank you for
0: the opportunity. Awesome. For those who are listening, thank you so much for tuning into Awaken Podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast so we can get it out to more people so they can be blessed and awakened by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Bless you guys, and I'll speak to you next time on Awaken Podcast. Hello, everybody. Michael Lombardo here. Let me tell you about this amazing online store, The Hope-Filled Journey. Um, You Definitely want to check that out today. Michelle and Renee Torres, they started up an online store in obedience to the Holy Spirit in the midst of a crazy year, full-time jobs, raising four small children. They stepped out in faith, and God is honoring it every step of the way. It's www.thehopefilledjourney.com. This is where you'll find extraordinary products, clothes, fashion accessories, Jewelry and more. You'll be able to find amazing clothes for spring, handmade jewelry. Their goal is to inspire faith through through their product line as well as high quality in all they do and produce. Check it out. It's the hopefilledjourney.com. And also, if you today, if you go, well, you got a promo code AWAKEN. Promo code AWAKEN. If you go to the website, you can get 25% off of all full-priced items, and all orders over $60 will ship free. And so that's 25% off today, all full price items, and any orders, $60 or more, will ship free. And so make sure to go to the website that is www.thehopefilledjourney.com, and make sure to use promo code AWAKEN.